Stockstill downfield. What a catch! Are you kidding me with Richie James? No wonder this kid was a Bolitnikoff and Maxwell Award watch list. I mean, that is an unbelievable catch. Slippery. Oh, excuse me. Please me. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. I'm really excited for this episode. We're going to talk with a fantastic person about one of my favorite prospects in the draft. We're going to talk with Andy Singleton. You can follow him at PeopleZPen. He does a ton of work. He does baseball work. He does stuff over at Fantrax. He does a lot of prospect breakdowns. Andy, how are we doing today? I'm doing good, man. I, I am super excited and stoked to be here. I've been a fan of yours for a little bit. Just reached out to you to acknowledge the hard work I see you putting in, and it led to me being on here with you today. So I'm I'm glad I uh, am getting an opportunity. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I've seen how hard you work, and you know what you're talking about. And you know, I I, I want to focus on Richie James on this podcast, but I, I'm by no means a big deal at all. But people are noticing me more and more. And last year at this time was when it all started for me. And anytime I can kind of give other people opportunities to show what they're worth as well, that's, that's something I really look like forward to doing. And, you know, you're certainly someone that you have your own following. You have a lot of people that respect you. But if I can help you in any way, like that, that's a, a bonus for being able to do this podcast. But let's jump into Richie James. So a quick background on him. He only played five games this past year from a broken collarbone and sprained ankle but the two years prior he was absolutely dominant 100 plus catches both years his sophomore year he had 1625 yards 12 touchdowns he added 38 rushes for 339 yards and another four touchdowns and his freshman year he had 107 receptions for 1334 yards eight touchdowns and 13 carries 158 yards and one touchdown we're talking about a guy with 448 speed his three cone was 687 he's smaller though so he's probably going to be limited to the slot based on the way NFL teams profile guys at 5'10", 183. Other than, other than the, the 40 and 3 cone, his combine wasn't terrific. Uh, the bench press is I don't care at all about as for a receiver, but he only did six reps. But you know what, Richie, you did more reps than I can do. So I, I, I think I spent enough on his time on his combine. Andy, when you watch his game, I know you're a big fan of him. What, what about his game do you really like? Yeah, well, right off the bat, I nicknamed him. I, I got a chance to interview him as well, and I nicknamed him Slippery after the Migos song just because I, it's it boggles my mind that so many people are in love with DJ Moore to the extent that they are. I don't have any problems with DJ Moore. I just think when you start comparing guys like Hall of Famers like Steve Smith to somebody, you're really putting the bullseye and the target on this guy. And I don't know that DJ Moore does that for me from what I've seen on tape. Then you put in somebody like Richie James, and he, to me, reminds me more of Steve Smith than DJ Moore does. He runs with attitude. He's hard to bring down. He, he, he will go through five would-be tacklers and somehow find a way to escape that. It, it, he's got speed to get by guys. He, he's tough. He's physical. He, he can run every route in the tree. Uh, he's played halfback. He's played quarterback. I mean, there's nothing this guy hasn't been able to do except get the national recognition. And a lot of that has to do with having played at Middle Tennessee State in Conference USA. A lot of that has to do with what you alluded to, not playing his junior year. I mean, he had the five games. So let's just say he didn't play junior year because it really, you know, in comparison to what he's put up, his first two years, it, it was a non-factor. But I, I love what the kid has as the whole package. And the bigger problem for me is this class is super deep, especially with slot receivers. 
and not top-end wide receiving talent, but depth. And because of everything else we were kind of talking about and leading up to this, he's slipping through the cracks. And I think it's a little unfortunate because this is a guy that can play. Yeah, I agree with you. So I, I want to throw a couple things out there. One is you talked about his ability to make defenders miss. Absolutely. He's got electric feet, great lateral agility, can can really make people miss in, in space. On top of the fact that he can run through contact, he's got good contact balance. I mean, they ran a lot of plays for him out of the Wildcat. They gave him the ball, a lot of zone stretch plays. He had good vision. He ran through tackles. Like, he, you can use him in a lot of different ways. And I'll get to my comparison later, but I love guys that can be weapons at the next level, and I think he can. You can pigeonhole him into that slot receiver role but I think you can also put him in the backfield and kind of get him on linebackers and get him in space and really use him creatively and he can become this dangerous player now you mentioned his route tree he's a fantastic route runner he can win at the line of scrimmage he didn't see a ton of press because mostly he was they kept him off ball but when he did see press he's he played with really he has really good feet and can win at the line of scrimmage he's got good good hands he's got a much better catch radius than you think his size would would indicate in terms of his ability to adjust to a football he's got great body control near the sideline he can he can really separate and he's just he's good (laughs) like like i know i'm I'm describing a lot of different things but i i've talked about this a lot uh, with uh kiki cutie and uh, christian kirk and when you talk about slot receivers the thing that makes them more valuable to me the the way you separate them because a lot of these guys become very similar is how do they get vertical how do they take the top off the defense and add a whole new dimension to your offense and that's something that he can do consistently i mean they ran him deep and he made a lot of plays he beat good players i mean his game against missouri in the sec i know missouri's not a top sec defense by any stretch of the imagination but he was the best player on the field that day against an all sec defense so you know i i think that he's one of these guys that can do a little bit of everything and the things he does well he does very well yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. I think because of the size, he, he mentioned pigeonholed. He does kind of get put into this class or category, but he, he's just a football player. He's a talent. And as the game is starting to change and evolve and players are being utilized for their strengths, like you look at a guy like Jalen Samuels, who you know people don't know where to position him, but they just know he's a guy I would want. And if he gets with the right offensive coordinator, he's, he's going to be successful. That's kind of how I feel about Richie James as well is where he's not just a slot receiver. He, he, you could line him up in the backfield. As you said, he could be a receiving threat back there. He could be a, a rushing threat back there. He can stretch the field vertically. He's not a burner. He's, he, you know, I've seen, uh, I think Lance Zerline uh, comped him to Deontay uh, De Thomas, who to me is just a speed, quick burst guy. I, Richie James has that, but I don't see him as just that. So it's really, I think the, the, you know, the perception of him, I should say, to this point, has been a little underwhelming for what he's shown he is capable of doing. I mean, you go into college and put up back-to-back hundred reception, thousand-yard seasons as a freshman and a sophomore. I don't care what conference it's in; you're doing well. And this is the same conference that produced Taewon Taylor, who everybody loved coming out last year. Well, Taewon Taylor didn't do till his junior and senior year what Richie James did as freshman and sophomore. So uh, I, I really think the junior season has kind of diminished his stock, and that, that's really going to be to some savvy GM's advantage when it comes to draft time. Yeah, because he came into the year as a very hot name, and then the – people for they forget man if it's not right in front of their face they forget and you know one other point i want to make that i thought he was pretty good at was i thought he did a good job settling in his own 
and when the play broke down, he worked his way back to the quarterback. He and his like, if there's an improv situation, I think he would be fantastic in, in those kind of plays. I mean, almost like a Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, guys that live in those situations and can really thrive. I think he would mesh well in that kind of situation. But I, I, you know, no prospect is perfect, and he's he's certainly not. We're talking about a guy that, I mean, I have uh, a late three, early four on him. There's certainly things that he can improve on in his game. Uh, when you when you watch his game, what concerns do you have? It really just the size more than anything. But like I said, he's he's got that toughness. You you alluded to the bench press, and people are going to look at that like he's not tough. But I'm looking at on field stuff, especially from a skills guy. I don't care what he's doing in the weight room. If he can translate what he has in him to the field, then I could care less how many bench presses he's doing or anything like that. I, I work as a firefighter, so I'm considered to be strong. I'll fight to the death of me, but I can't do chin-ups. That's just not, you know, what my body's built to do. So if you look at me and say, oh, he can't do as many chin-ups as I can, so he shouldn't get drafted as high as I do or whatever the case is, throw that out to me. So the strength to me from what the profile says and what he shows on field, he wins. And that's not a concern I have. Uh, But the size, it is going to be a little concerning for him going forward just because he is a little undersized, but not – He's not tiny. And one thing I, I believe I talked to him about this was Danelle Pumphrey was chastised last year as being too small. And when I stood, you know, back to back with him, he is slight in stature in frame as well. Then all of a sudden he gets drafted to the Eagles. And all of a sudden the, the thought process on him completely changed from, oh, this guy's too small to, oh, this is a weapon that's going to have success at the NFL, and all of a sudden, especially in fantasy leagues, people wanted him on their dynasty rosters because he was showing you know, upside until the injury. Why is that? Because this is a guy that ran for 6,000 yards or you know, totaled 6,000 yards in college. He can play football. So I, I, I hate the size you know, knocks on players, but that's really the only thing standing in Richie James' uh, you know, way at this point, at least how I'm concerned. You said round three, round four. I I think you can make the case for that. I think he's probably going to get pushed back a little further. I would say more fifth or later. But that just speaks to how much depth is in this class at receiver, especially in the slot position. You mentioned Kiki Cootie, who I love. He's got the best hands I've seen in this in this class. And Christian Kirk is probably, to me, it, it's hard to say the best because I like James Washington. You know, I do like DJ Moore, Richie James that we're talking about. But Christian Kirk, to me, is the best pure slot receiver in this class in terms of what he's been able to do. And you mentioned finding that soft spot in the zone and uh, watching him, and not to get too off topic, uh, too off topic but uh, Kirk has this innate ability to stay within his route but deviate from it enough to create an opening for his quarterback, which is just a, it's just a natural feel he has. Uh, Richie James, you mentioned, he, he has a similar kind of skill where he just finds – the opening gets to it and is able to, you know, keep the chains moving, so to speak. Yeah. So I, I think with the size, the reason that it's a knock is because it basically, he's probably not going to be able to play on the outside. And whenever you get put into that slot role only, you your grade drops um, for NFL teams. And when I'm saying 3-4, that's where I would take him. That's the grade I have, not necessarily where I think he's going to go. I do think he'll go a little bit later than that. I think if there's there's an aspect of his game that he can improve on, I think sometimes he lets the ball get to his body too much. I, I don't he he will drop some passes every receiver does but I think at times he lets his ball, ball get into his body too much which is interesting because 
when it's like a difficult catch, he he can do it. Or if it's a ball down the field, he can track the football over his shoulder really well. One thing I didn't mention before that I thought he did, does very well is he doesn't show his hands till the last second for the defensive back to have a chance to play on the ball. But some of the easier passes he can let get into his body, and that can lead to some drops down the line. His blocking, he's a great effort guy, but his size is going to really limit that. Now, blocking is very low, very low on my list of priorities for a wide receiver, but I'm just trying to paint a full picture of the guy. When you watch his game, is there someone he reminds you of? You know, I, I said it before when I was, you know, kind of trying to take some shine off of DJ Moore and, and the Steve Smith thing. I, I don't think anybody's Steve Smith. I think he's a unique character, but when you look at the the physical makeup and the toughness, and you're talking about the catching ability and all that kind of stuff, to me, that's toughness. It, it is a, a competitiveness. It's a desire to finish the play or, or not get taken down or make the catch or beat his man. Uh, however you want to phrase it, I, I just phrase it as toughness. And that is just a natural thing he has. So he's not a natural pass catcher, as you said, but he has capable hands, especially for a receiver. I would I would say just the attitude he plays with, the aggressiveness that I've seen that he plays with, where it's just a you're not going to beat me attitude. And in that regard and based on the size and everything like that, I would say he reminds me more of Steve Smith than DJ Moore does. And I'm only saying Steve Smith because that name has been thrown out this year in this year's class. That's fair. My uh, mine. When I watched him, he reminded me a lot of college version of Tavon Austin. And I tweeted that out, and people said, so you're saying he's bad. And no. Tavon, first off, Tavon Austin was an amazing college football player. And he was a good prospect. He went to the Rams, and they completely bungled how they used him. And then, well, then he got his $11 million a year, and that was another mistake. But I'm getting off topic here. The reason he reminds me of Tavon Austin so much is because of the versatility he can bring to an offense. So West Virginia had that one game where they gave Tavon Austin consistent carries and he rushed for like 300 yards on Oklahoma. I think you could get really creative with Richie James and have him be a weapon on top of the slot receiver the way I wanted to see Tavon Austin used. And you can get him in matchups against linebackers and allow him to use his quickness and ability to get open and open field ability and just create plays all over the field for you and constantly get him in matchups that are really good for you. So that's why I, he reminds me of Tavon Austin some. Now, whenever you we talk about receivers or really players in general, so much of evaluating is the assumption of rational coaching. So landing spot becomes huge for these guys. When you watch his game and you, you understand it, where would you like to see him go that you think he could really thrive? Yeah, I, I would hope he winds up with – a coordinator that's going to find a, a way to use him properly and you know you look at somebody like the rams for instance i would i would love to see him wind up in a position where he they're not going to care the size they're just going to say go make plays for us and we're going to play to your advantage uh and, and you know when you lose a guy like Watkins, i think you know he could fill in a, in, a, in a few ways uh with la uh going back to the the tavon austin cop i don't have a problem with that one but it's interesting that Richie James had a uniform, a jersey number change from 87 to 3. And I brought this up with him that when he, when I watched him in 87, he looked bigger and slower. And then when he, I saw him in 3, he looked smaller and quicker. And it just kind of made, made me think of, you know, James Washington wearing 28. Everybody calls him a running back. I think the number really plays mind games with people. So Tavon Austin, for me, when you say that, I can see it. But I always thought of Tavon Austin as more just this speedy burst guy. And like I keep saying with Richie James, to me, that's not his game. Although he's capable of it and he does exhibit it, that's not – I don't think of him as just a gadget guy, I should say. Um, 
what's interesting is you look at the wide receiver position in drafts, and on average, it's 32 guys get drafted at the position. And of that, about a third have success. This year, I could see the case for 25, you know, 20 to 25 receivers having some success. And I know it's not going to be that number, but I really can't separate which it's going to be. So landing spot is really going to matter for a lot of these guys. And unfortunately, Richie is probably going to fall into that category. So it, the perfect landing spot, I, it's hard to say for me because, like I said, it's really going to be the coordinator, not what's in place already with the quarterback and the other receivers. It's going to be the coordinator. You look at a guy like uh, you know how Taylor Gabriel started getting utilized – that's where James can win. He gets in a place where they're going to find uh, five to ten touches to manufacture for him a game and, and put it on you know, go routes, put it on carries, put it on screens. He'll find a way. So there are a couple teams that come to mind for me. One is the Kansas City Chiefs. They just lost Albert Wilson. They brought in Sammy Watkins, and obviously they have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. He could slide right in, in that slot, run some of the underneath stuff. We've seen Andy Reid get very creative, taking a lot of college concepts. I mean, Matt Nagy over there at uh, Chicago, obviously they just signed Taylor Gabriel. So that from uh, a role standpoint right away, but I think they could use him a lot. The San Francisco 49ers, he comes in. I know they just drafted Trent Taylor last year. I think he's better than Trent Taylor and, and could compete and beat him and then get a lot of that Taylor Gabriel stuff that we saw Kyle Shanahan use before. Um, I I think the Eagles, he could step in and do some stuff there as well. I mean, obviously they have Nelson Aguilar, but I'm trying to think of different co- coaches that I trust to get very creative. Sean McVay, Doug Peterson. like th- These are the kind of guys that I would really like to see him go to. Yeah, and the problem with some of those teams you just mentioned, I think he, he would have a tough time separating himself from some of the incumbents. Uh, Philadelphia, for instance, I think they're just loaded with just different options. As mentioned, Pumphrey coming back before. Uh, you know, Clement with his emergence. There's just not that they'd be taking away from his – not that they'd be taking away from his ability, but just – I, th- I think what you said, the 49ers, would make the most sense because I do agree with you. I do think he's better than Trent Taylor, who found success in that system, and they can use everything they can get. I think that would be a place he could thrive. I would love to see him, actually, now that you mention it. I mean, you got the best quarterback in the world of all time now in San Francisco, <laughs> right? So why not give him a, a, a capable, multifaceted weapon like uh, Richie James? You're right. So he should go to the Texans if we're going to talk about the greatest quarterback <laughs> in the world, and he can... <laughs> He could play that slot receiver there. That would actually be a really good landing spot for him. Take over the uh, Braxton Miller role. Which never, yeah, which Braxton Miller has never really uh, emerged with, right? Right. The, the Braxton Miller role that doesn't exist. Andy, I just want to thank you for coming on, man. I'm a huge fan of your work. Why don't you tell the people kind of what you're working on where they can find you? Yeah, so I do uh, stuff for fan tracks. Basically host a YouTube channel. So everything I'm doing is in video. Doing a 2018 NFL draft video profile series with John Lobb. The Gridiron Scholar, we uh, basically just about five minutes or less go through some video analysis of what we've seen from film on these players. Uh, I go to the Senior Bowl every year. Uh, you know, I'm in the draft community, if you will, so I uh, get to hear a lot of opinions behind closed doors of you know what people are thinking and saying. Uh, and then I also am a big baseball guy, so I do a weekly baseball show on Fantrax YouTube channel as well with my co-host Ralph Lifshitz, a.k.a. Prospect Jesus. Uh, but for really anything, just follow me on Twitter, at people's pen people's with the z and uh you can find links to anything i'm doing such as this guest spot right here today yeah absolutely guys make sure you check them out check them out um you're listening to the draft daily podcast as always i'm your host elliot christ you can find me on twitter at elliot christ the podcast is now on itunes google play stitcher and podbean as always guys we really appreciate listening thank you why you here boy 
Cause all that hype don't feel the same next year, boy. Yeah. And I'll be right here in my spot with a little more cash than I already got. Tripping off you cause you had your shot. With my skin tan and my hair long. With my fans who've been so patient. Me and 40 back to work, but we still smell like a vacation. Hate your rumors, hate, hate these allegations. I'm just feeling like the throne is for the taking. Watch me take.